Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Wednesday the 28th of April. I'm joined today by Duncan Balcon, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Duncan. Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm very well. I am so glad to speak to you and to speak to someone. I mean, the last two days um, have just been so lonely. So lonely. It's been different, hasn't it? It has. I, you know, it's definitely been. But um, just, just for all those listeners, don't worry, you won't have to hear me on my own for quite some time. We're booked up now, uh, I think, until about the mid- middle of June. Um, so, so don't worry, you won't have to listen to me on, on my own again for quite some time, <laughs> at the very least. Um, anyway, anyway, so uh, today, Duncan, what, what, did you, um, you know, what did you find most interesting from uh, Watson's Daily? Yeah, so there's a really, really interesting story in Watson's Daily today about um, this whole trend of younger renters being lured back into London um, yeah. as restrictions lift. So it's kind of showing with the kind of couple of trends we've got going on housing wise, London rents yeah. are going down, suburban mm-hmm. rents are going up. Mm. Um, so a lot of younger people who have still got work uh, mm. are kind of getting that opportunity to live in the city mm. for less money. Um, than they would have been before. So you kind of, the, the data that kind of backs this up, there's a, a flat sharing website called Ideal Flatmate. Yeah. Um, and they, they've kind of seen that search volumes for flat shares in zone one, so right in the heart of London, uh, mm-hmm. in the first two weeks of April, are 47% higher than for the entirety of February. So that's a, a massive, massive increase, obviously tying in quite nicely with restrictions starting to lift. Mm. And I think this is really good news for a couple of reasons. One, if you look at it from the, the perspective of those young people, so mm. you're probably looking at students that have got themselves on a graduate scheme or a training contract or something like that. Um, a lot of these companies are, t- are tying people in for kind of two or three years up front, mm. but at a much lower rent amount. Mm. So if you mm. had got one of those kind of training contracts or like say grad schemes or something like that, Mm. One of the biggest barriers you've got normally is oh, to start with, you're not getting paid the massive salary. You're getting a decent salary, but it's not the huge salary whilst you're on the training scheme or mm. whatever it is. Mm. And getting that l- lower rent amount is really attractive. And to be mm. fair, it's probably a two-year scheme. You don't mind being tied in for two years. Yeah, so you, yeah. You, get the, you get the lower rent. You get to cut down massively on your kind of your commuting budget because you're not having mm. to kind of commute in from outside of London. Mm. Uh, and the other reason I think this is really good, so looking from the, the other side of things, those kind of younger generations are probably more likely to go out earlier on as the restrictions lift yeah. to the kind of the hospitality, to entertainment venues, and to spend money that then goes back into the economy. Mm. Um, I, and I feel like that's probably a thing that those younger renters are probably more likely to do, like I said, earlier on in the recovery process. Mm. So I think both in terms of obviously it's great for them because mm. they can get the, the flat cheaper time themselves in for a couple of years while they're finishing their, their kind of vocational training and whatever whatever discipline it is. But it's also really good for the businesses and everything else in London that are going to see more money going into them. Mm. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think that's really interesting. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think that it's going to inject a huge amount of vibrancy potentially into into London if this continues. I mean, it's quite interesting in a way that you presumably you've got all your your people who are, uh, you know, families and things like that moving out, um, you know, mo- moving out of London. It's almost like they're, they're, they're sweeping the families out of London 
<coughs> in, into the burbs because, mm. you know, you can then get more space um, and, uh, you know, garden, all that sort of thing. But if you're a young person, you don't need, you know, you don't need the garden and, you know, you want to be in the middle of everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I was in my 20s, I'd absolutely go for this. I mean, because this is the thing, you are in in an absolutely potentially ideal position if you are a young professional, you've, you've, you know, you've kept your job, you've got a bit of money um, or, you know, you're starting a, a grad scheme or something, you know, and then you, you, you're going in and you're, you, you, um, you can live in the centre of it all, or at least in, within, within um, walking distance of it. So um, I think this is a, a huge opportunity for people who are um, in, you know, in, in that age bracket and wanting to actually get in because, before they just weren't able to do so i mean some of the some of the um uh, examples that they choose in this in the article that I was, I was reading um in in the ft today um you know they're getting massive deals really really amazing and and you know like you say the landlords are actually locking in at, at sort of two or three years rent you know the the current rate mm. because they just want someone in <clears> rather than no one in Absolutely. And we, we've talked about this a bit before in terms of the, the kind of demographic this is really benefiting. Because mm. um, I know when we talked about you mentioned your, kind of your early days as a stockbroker, these kind mm. of the younger, the more junior staff really mm. need to and really want to be in the office the whole time because of the atmosphere mm. and the kind of the learning environment. Mm. But mm. actually, you just mentioned kind of families moving out into the suburbs. A lot of those mm. are going to be kind of main money earner whoever it is is probably in a more senior position and mm. therefore probably more able to work from home and more it probably benefits them more to work from home but for these mm. these junior members of staff that like you say that we've said before really really benefit from that office environment yeah are going to be flocking towards these deals aren't they like i said particularly yeah. the massive reductions yeah yeah definitely um i mean i i suppose that they're only going to be lasting for a bit because as most people you know cotton on to this um there'll be more and more competition so rents yeah. might start rising again um but um but yeah certainly if you can move and do do this kind of thing right now i mean fantastic amazing timing if you can do it so um, um but yeah i think this is i think this is really interesting um and um uh, yeah it will uh i think it could change things quite a lot uh, and, and, and those those people that are in that position where, for example, they might have a training contract starting in September. Mm. Those people are probably also people that are just finishing their degree, have just had the last student loan payment in, mm. and actually will probably, because of the way a lot of universities are working at the moment, probably be doing most of their degree from home, may have even moved out of their accommodation at uni. So would yeah. actually be able to afford to do this and kind of move down early. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I think in terms of, from, from the landlord's perspective, this is a, a pretty genius move, dropping the rents and, and mm. throwing people in for a couple of years. But it seems to mm. benefit everybody. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, certainly, you know, it could do with a bit of a refresh and stuff. And then, you, obviously, you've got all this um, stuff going on with regard to railway companies talking about their um, um, commuting costs and mm. and doing, doing stuff with season tickets and, and whatnot. So, yeah. Anyway, um, that's all very good, and I'm I'm liking that story. Um, the other story, which I think was, um, you know, was particularly interesting today, although obviously there are 13 stories in today's Watson's Daily. Um, I thought that the there was a very good um, Lex column on in the in the Financial Times today. So, um, for those of 
of you that have listened and some to sometimes to some of my um presentations and things and webinars o- <laughs> over the over the months and years um know that i'm a massive fan of a the ft and b the lex column uh, but anyway in there it talks about the fact that um tesla um is although it had record quarterly earnings um and everyone was getting very excited about that the the thing is if you go under the hood as it were um, <laughs> yeah if you go if you go <laughs> under the hood you can see although actually there's nothing is there because no, the, the, the entries a massive gap for a suitcase yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you've got a frunk or a fruit or whatever you call it uh anyway so um the um uh, yeah. So so anyway, so the if you look under the hoods of these particular results, actually, um, although it is selling more cars, um, it, the, the, the money is really coming from. I mean, it, it got really helped by the Bitcoin trade um, that, uh, you know, they did back in February because um, they sold off about 10 percent of the, the one point five billion dollars that they that they bought. Um, and it was a genius trade, actually, you know, but but, you know, so a lot of their profit comes from that. Uh, and the other thing as well is they they sell these emissions credits to um, other car makers who are not quite there yet in terms of their fleets being electrified. And the thing is, over time, and certainly from this year onwards, it seems that there are going to be loads and loads more um, electric vehicles coming on the market. And so that means that that will obviously bring the average emissions rate down um, and it will mean that there will be less need for Tesla's um, credits. Mm. And if that's the case, that is going to put pressure on, on profits as well. And if you take into account that there will be price pressures on Tesla because, um, uh, you know, to, to make their cars cheaper and more attractive because of the increased competition. I mean, it's just there are lots of potential headwinds um, coming Tesla's way. Mm. Now, I, you know, I don't I'm not you know, I'm not a fan of Tesla cars myself, particularly just from a just an aesthetic point of view. I mean, I spoke, you know, the Model Y, I can imagine that that is good. I mean, I think that uh, Elon Musk reckons that the Model Y is going to be the biggest selling electric vehicle in, in the world. I can actually, I, I don't think that's too far. I, I would imagine it's not too far off the mark because you can see it probably does tick a lot of boxes for many people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and, <clears throat> but the, the, but the, the thing is, is that there's just more competition. And, and you know, I, as I keep saying, um, it's not, although Tesla is widely recognized as being probably the best, especially like the Model 3 and stuff, they are widely recognized as being the best electric vehicle that you can get in terms of performance and overall. But, um, you know, there are but the other, other models and other car companies are, are now giving you a choice where you there's a different aesthetic or a different feeling. I mean, if you want something very premium, then the, for instance, that, you know, the Porsche Taycan mm. appears to be the one that everyone is, is raving about. But if you want something a bit quirky, smaller, and it, and it's not, you know, and, and you're not too worried about the price, then that was it Honda E or something, you know, that a lot yeah. of people seem to like that as well. So, you know, suddenly you're getting, you are getting choice. And so, um, all the time, there will be pressure on Tesla from um, from competitors. So, um, so yeah. So I think that that is 
it is it is very interesting. Oh, and the other thing as well, of course, being the fact that in China, which is extremely important to Tesla, um, the it seems that the there's a, a bigger push for um, uh, for um, uh, Chinese manufacturers, and they are being seen as increasingly attractive alternative. Hmm. So it's there's a lot of potential headwinds, I think, for for Tesla. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm glad to mention the China thing because I, I was about to, I was about to mention that. Oh, sorry, that sorry, no, sorry. That's right. <laughs> absolutely fine. Because yeah. obviously the, they have been showing a lot in kind of consumer surveys recently how patriotic they are, and mm. particularly the younger generations in China would rather buy mm. anything Chinese than Tesla's best car going. And mm. I think that's really interesting because obviously Tesla have had this thing like you said with multiple kind of income streams. Obviously they got the cars, which. Like I said, they're facing so much more competition on from all fronts now, mm, particularly mm. as, without being funny, for the money now, you can now get a much nicer looking electric vehicle. Mm. So that mm. may, means Tesla either need to make their cars better looking or mm. cheaper. Mm. I'll, I'll be interested to see which way they go, because I, I personally think that Porsche Taycan is an absolutely stunning looking car. Yeah. It's uh, I've, uh, have you seen one? Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they look, yeah, yeah. They are oh, just absolutely. You would, you would, the nice thing about it is you wouldn't know it's electric until you yeah. hear it start. Whereas yeah. all the electric vehicles, you, you look at them and go, you can, you can, you can tell that's electric. Yeah, actually, to be fair, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. I, I say I saw one. I saw one. I didn't really hear it. It drove past me. I was like, what on earth's that? Oh, oh, yeah, it's Porsche. Yeah, yeah. That must be electric. Yeah. It's barely making a noise. Um, yeah. I've also nearly been run over by an electric taxi in London because they make that <laughs> noise as well. Um, <laughs> you have to watch out for those. Awfully disconcerting. Yeah. I think the nice thing with the Porsches, I think they've actually put an external speaker in, so it still sounds like a car. One yeah, because I know there's an internal one, and it makes it sound like a sort of like you'd imagine the Millennium Falcon making. Yeah, it's, it's outrageous. It's, it's outrageous noise. It's, it's, um, but yes, yeah, so I think obviously that in terms of that particular income stream, Tesla have got mm. a lot of things to figure out. Yeah, obviously with the emissions credits thing, I don't think there's much longevity in that because, like I said, every other mm. manufacturer are, are getting on board and electrifying their fleet, and at some point. Tesla's not mm. going to be able to rake in as much from that. And Bitcoin, yeah. and Bitcoin much as you know, like I said, that, that trade back in February was absolute genius. Mm. There's, there's still kind of no real idea as to why the price of Bitcoin jumps up and down. So for me, mm. that's a very risky place to be. Getting. Yeah. I mean, well, there's a hundred odd million they got from that, yeah. from selling yeah. some of those shares. And that's a, it's a risk. So I think yeah. they, need to, they need to, like you said, they need to kind of, work on the actual car offering a bit mm. um and particularly with like other manufacturers coming in with these brilliant ideas like the batteries that you can just unplug one and plug a new one in um mm. it, it, there's just lots of competition and they i think yeah they, they need to kind of make more inroads into more places um, yeah. particularly with the fact that i think their, their sales in china will go yeah. down i mean the other thing as well i mean i don't know what the um say chinese manufacturers designs are on mm. sort of global domination but you know, you would have thought that if the Chinese um, ones, let's say Neo, for instance, because I think Neo cars look pretty nice. You know, so, and yeah, um, and and the batteries are so much more yeah. practical. <laughs> yeah, and you sort of think, well, you know, it, actually, if they get the China market right, and and you know, there's every chance they will because the government will definitely want to um, encourage this. Mm. Um, I think if they can get the Chinese market right, um, then surely that then opens up possibilities to other markets um they can they can ship them from there um, you know that could that could be a potential game changer i i think yeah um so 
you know, if they can get it right and get the offering right and get, you know, the quality and, and all that kind of stuff and it's all good, then I see no reason why, you know, the Chinese um, uh, car companies cannot make massive inroads um, into Europe and America. I mean, hmm. they already, I mean, obviously they, they already, Geely um, uh, already owns, um, uh, you know, Volvo cars and yeah. their electric uh, brand is Polestar. Um, and I think that's that looks quite nice. I mean, I'd say I'd pick one. I'd I'd have one of those. You know, if if price was no object, yeah, I'd have one of those over, say, a, you know, Model Three or maybe even a Model S. So you know, so so yeah. But I mean, obviously, it's all it all depends on the person, doesn't it? Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Um, but um, but yeah, it's it's all it's all interesting stuff. Yeah, particularly I like that you mentioned uh, Geely there as well because they've got fingers and all all over the place, haven't they? Because they've got the yeah. Volvo brand and. One thing I find fascinating about the Volvo brand is that whole kind of almost car rental type payment yeah, yeah. scheme they have, which I think is yeah. a brilliant thing, for, particularly with the EV market. But they yeah. also have kind of Lotus, um, who are also looking at EV cars at the moment, and London mm. EV company, don't they, which is kind of commercial owned mm. vehicles. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, they, they could be a really, really big player going forward, yeah. particularly if they've got yeah. designs on, I say, yeah. global domination. They definitely yeah. have the. A, the, the infrastructure and be the money behind them to do it. Mm, mm. So, but certainly, you know, the, the the Chinese domestic market is a fantastic, you know, test bed. And if it goes really well, then, you know, they've got the scale. They will already, by virtue of doing well in their domestic market, will have the scale that you need in order to, um, you know, go elsewhere. Mm. So, yeah. And I agree with you. I think Neo cars are fantastic looking, and I love the the battery functionality on them. So I really hope they make it over here at some point. Yeah, because that's a hundred percent well, EV I would look at buying. They're quote they're quoted in New York. Aren't, I mean, as mm. as a company, you know, they're quoted in New York. So, you know, they they clearly got international ambitions to some extent. So, yeah. you know, but um, but anyway, but there we go. I mean, this is oh, it's been so so brilliant um to <laughs> to have you here, um. So um, the only the only thing that remains to be said really is just to alert people there that this evening, well, I say this evening, later this afternoon, five o'clock, um, there's I, I'm going to be doing a, a webinar with Jake Shogger of the Commercial Law Academy, um, and I'm going to be doing a review of the month of April, all the exciting bits and pieces that have been happening in the business and financial markets news and jake will be giving you um the legal point of view mm. as well and so um so hopefully that will be something that uh, listeners will be interested in if you want to register for that there's the there's the links on today's watson's daily at the top um and also if you follow us follow us on instagram um, it's uh, it's on our link tree as well. So, I can say, yeah, so, anyone that's been to one of those will know how worthwhile that is. Anyone that hasn't, this is a great one to start with because there's been so much going on with April with restrictions starting to lift and everything. So, oh, yeah. I would highly recommend getting on that if you, if, if at all possible, for you. Indeed. Well, thank you very much for that. For that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> brilliant. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for the listeners um, to continue supporting and um, we'll see you uh, or speak to you again very, very soon. So thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye. Bye.